And only when we're able to, to really, in an honest way, be in relationship with our flaws, with our humanity, with choosing to become human, can we actually become our higher, truer selves. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Open Book with Eitan and Itai. Itai is still away on his army course, but we have here a very special guest, Benji Elson author of the new book, Dance of the Omer, which has already sold out in Eretz Yisrael. It's an incredible, stunning book. And only when we're able to, to really, in an honest way, be in relationship with our flaws, with our humanity, with choosing to become human, can we actually become our higher, truer selves. Welcome to a new episode of Open Book with Eitan and Itai. Itai is still away on his army course, but we have here a very special guest, Benji Elson, author of the new book, Dance of the Omer, which has already sold out in Eretz Yisrael. It's an incredible, stunning book. Uh, Benji, we're so happy to have you. Thanks, thanks, Eitan. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. So I was just, you've had a very interesting journey leading up, just in, in terms of life and the events leading up to the book. Do you think you could tell us a little bit about who you are, and how you came to write uh, this groundbreaking book on the Homer. Yeah, sure. So uh, I grew up in Passaic, New Jersey. Um, maybe some of us have heard of it. Uh, I grew up Haredi, you know, yeshivish in, in the States. And I was, I remember in second grade I wanted to be a rabbi. And, uh, you know, wore black and white and through, through the beginning of high school. And uh, in the, mid- in the beginning of high school, I uh, started having questions and asking my questions and wasn't very satisfied with uh, the answers I was getting. Um, they felt a little bit superficial. Um, and then also the, uh, the educational system over there is, is slightly broken. So I had the Jewish uh, schools or yeah, in the, in the Jewish yeshivish uh, high school system. So I had the, um, the, the privilege of uh, being knocked around a bit. <laughs> and those, those two uh, experiences combined uh, made me decide very early on, ninth, 10th grade, that, that Judaism was not a valid spiritual path. Um, I wasn't going to find uh, the depth. But you, you were looking for that depth. Yeah, I was looking for that depth. And uh, yeah, and I decided that, that Judaism, you know, the only Judaism that I knew, you know, uh, um, wasn't, wasn't, wasn't what I was looking for and wasn't going to get me there. So, uh, so I went through a process of leaving slowly, you know, uh, uh, leaving the fold. Went on a quite quite a journey, um, and found my way back. <laughs> Spent some time in India. Spent some time in India and in the ashrams in India. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, very powerful. Um, I got got into Eastern philosophy, meditation, Buddhism, Hinduism, um, but still, all, all of that also didn't didn't quite sit. Uh, sit completely uh, resonant with me. Um, I ended up in in the old city at Ishtar, and I was I was uh, found myself in the Essentials program. It was called the Essentials program back in the day, and sitting in a class with the Yomtov Blazer, and he started talking about the spheros, and mm. and you know drew this image on the board and and this diagram, and I was like, what? I've never heard of this. Where is this coming from? You you were in Jewish schools, 
all through your education, and it wasn't brought up. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. You know, there was there was like there's Kabbalah out there. You can't learn until you're you know married and forty years old. It's very you know? it's very in the in the in the like hardcore Ashkenazi world. I think it's right. very. I don't learn Kabbalah. People they're very proud to say I don't learn Kabbalah. Right. I've heard it. Right. Right. Yeah, and also just, for better or for worse. Right. And and just conversations about God. Like we all know exactly what God told us to do, but but who is God? Uh, what is God? What does uh, He want from us? What is His relationship? Well, right. Well, it's very clear what He wants from us, right? But more of. But even the, the even yeah. the the relationship is that you do what God said. That's that's the relationship, right? That's yeah. that's where it happens. Sounds like marriage. <laughs> right. Um. But never any conversations or, or inquiries, and those were some of the questions that I was having. It's like we're talking about about God so much, and and but what what is it? Who who is he? Who is she? What what's going on here? And so finally, in in Asia Torah, there were people having having those conversations. And so, uh, how did how did you go from you know New Jersey uh, yeshiva schools to to counseling in Jerusalem? Yeah, a long process, uh, a lot of inner work. Um, I always, I always had a clear vision that uh, that I wanted to go into counseling. I, I, I've been the the, the keeper of secrets uh, my whole life. People, you know, would come and tell you share, yeah, and share secrets with me, and I, you know, good listener, and and uh, just whenever I was, and you know, you know, different advice here and there, or whatever, um, and it felt, um, it sure. felt. Felt clear and right, and 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 I'm just like okay, this is this is my calling. Yeah. So I wanna I wanna shift to asking you some questions about the book, if that's okay, because uh, the book is something very special. Sure. I think the unique thing is I've 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 gotten to look at a few Omer books, books on the elements. If I work in a bookstore, so I have to know which books are going to be good for who and what. Something that was very unique um, to me was how you uh, align the water cycle with the sphere. So I was wondering if, in brief, also it occurs to me that some people might not know what the Omer is. Some people, as you pointed out, might not know what the Sphirot is. So, you know, you're kind of, so to speak, between between the two of us, like, I'm just like the expert. So could, could you say, could you, you know, um, tell us, could you tell us a little bit about the Omer and the Sphirot and, uh, and go from there? Sure, sure. So... I'll, I'll try to condense the. It's it's so hard. I know. Right. I know. I know. And that's one thing I like about your book is that you talk about it at length. You don't make it cut out. You know. Thank you good, really you. speak about them and give them depth. So. Thank you. Yeah. So I mean, the introduction that I'm gonna is is about sixty pages, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but basically, it's called it's called the dance of the Omer, right. um, and the inspiration for that is that. Uh, the whole the whole period of, of the Omer started with the dance, right? Similar to we all know the um, the dance with the lulav and esrog, right? Where nowadays we go around the bima, but but back in the day in the Beit Hamikdash they would they would dance and and they were with waving it and wheat and barley or with what, barley and then with with the lulav and esrog, right? That, that oh, but uh, during yeah. during um, the the beginning of the Omer, how would we how would we dance? Right. So hold on a second. Oh, oh sorry. So no problem. Uh, so, so we all, so, you know, the shaking the, we all shake the lulav and etrog right. in, in, in the six directions. The same thing happened with the omer, uh, which people don't, don't realize, uh, the, the lulav and etrog 
was was that that dance happened at the beginning of the rainy season, uh, and the Omer happened at the beginning of the dry season, right? Pesach. And so the same dance happened. They would they would take the Omer, which is which is a, a sheath of wheat, uh, well actually barley, the first one, and they would take it to the Beit Hamikdash, and and it was a dance, a dance that happened in six directions, waving this around. So that was the inspiration of uh, of 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 the name of this book. Hearing about that, like I feel like there's been something missing in my life now. Like every year, I, I do the Lulav and Etrog, but I guess all this time I've been doing half of what we're really <laughs> supposed to do, or even a third. Right. So, so, yeah. actually, so actually, the some of the meditation there's a layer in the book that talks about the the directions, the six right. directions based on what the Rizal writes. Uh, and the source of that is actually what he writes about in the Nanuim in the in the directions mm-hmm. of the um, of the lulav. So so the teachings in the book you can take them and also apply them to to to, to sukkis, um, That each of the svirot are connected to the to the one of the directions because each of the directions have a certain energy that vibrates when you align with that direction based on based on a lot of things. So what is the omer and what 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 are the svirot? Yeah, Let's start there. Okay. So um so the Svirot the Svirot are uh is the is the template that the Kabbalists uh uh understand all of reality through from the the emanation and the manifestation of godliness in the world. Um and it and it shows up in all facets of, of life. It's, it's it's the structure, it's it's the it's the content, it's the matter, it's uh, it's our emotions. It's our body. It's our, it's uh, it's everything. And there's ten of them, and um, and they go through different uh, from from the the, the theological point of view, uh, the ten ways that that godliness manifests in the world. Um, on a human level, it's it's the ten parts of our body, um, and and. The parts of our soul, our emotional world, our our uh, cognitive world, um, will, our our desires and will is in there. That's like in a very very nutshell. I know. <laughs> so people people need to buy the book if they want to get the full picture. So what about the Omer? What's the Omer? Okay. So well, can I return to your to your point about you the? Uh, however you want. Okay. You want my so so this dance. Uh, ha- starts with with the sh- with the dance of this Omer, and as I was writing this and sitting with with Sefirot Omer a few years, um, last year it, it kind of hit me that that the Torah says that that a, a river came out from the garden, garden of Eden, right? Uh, and, and it and it flows <laughs> and it flows into the world, and and um and it breaks into four riverheads which which water the world. So I was thinking about that. Well, where does this water go, right? So I have a part of my background is is as an experiential Jewish environmental educator. Um, I spent a bunch of a few years taking kids and adults out into the forests and connecting them to Hashem and and nature wow. and, and Torah through that. So and one of one of the things that we really focused on is the water cycle. That um, there's been the same exact amount of water. In this planet, from the beginning of creation till now, the only difference is is what form it takes, and and where in the water cycle it is. So, if with that background, um, and thinking about this river that came out from from Gan Eden, so so where did that water go? It went into the water cycle, and uh, and so so this book 
to help guide the transformational journey, it uses this metaphor of the uh, of the of the water cycle. So each of the spherot in each week of spherot the Omer connected to to the sphera is connected to one of these stations, one of these uh, forms uh, in this transformational journey of the water. Why do we use the water? Uh, because first of all, we're, we we don't feel it as much because we have running running water and plumbing and yeah. and you know a tap, but this is really the beginning of the dry season, and um, and part of Part of what Pesach, all the mitzvot of Pesach, the Karim Pesach, Chadash, uh, the Omer, is is preparing us for the dry for the dry season, um, where there's not going to be water. So so water is is um is, we're playing with water. Rishon says in that there's no water uh, except for Torah. That 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 Torah is water, and so this whole journey of Sefirat Omer is 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 bringing us to Shavuos, to the revelation of a new Torah, to the revelation of the Torah. Every year we we receive new Torah, new water, right? So um, so the book uses the the water cycle that goes through the water cycle, bringing us back to to the to the Garden of Eden again, really. Um, through the the um, and then on Shavuos there's another dance that happens, but this time it's with two loaves of bread. At the beginning it was it was a wow. flour of barley. Yeah, it goes through this process and then the water. Culminates in the week of Malchut, back into the garden, into the life force of, of the forests, of the fields. It's of... all connected. It's crazy. <laughs> I was also thinking that the etrog and lulav and all those plants they're moist, mm. whereas the the grains are dry. Mm. So just very nice, very nice. I, wow. Um, so we're gonna take a break here. I'm gonna tell you guys a little bit about Pomerantz Bookseller. Then we'll come back to the show. Michael Pomerantz has been selling books in Jerusalem for thirty years now. And during that time, he's learned that the most important thing is his customers. That is why if you come into Pomerantz and you're looking for a book, they're going to do their very best to help you find that book. And if they don't have it, it's all right. They'll get it in for you. They do their best to match other people's prices, and they've got all kinds of books. They've got cookbooks, children's books. As Itai likes to say, they have Rav cookbooks. They have all kinds of books. So why don't you call them or send them a WhatsApp at 02-623-5559. Welcome back. I wanted to ask you, Benji, what is it exactly that we're supposed to accomplish? You know, we got 49 days between Pesach up to Shavuot. And we go through these spherot, which are hard to put into words. And we count. What, 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 are we, what, are we, what are we supposed to become in these 49 days? That's a very good question. You know, growing up, and I, and I, still, I still hear it almost every day from, uh, from people that, that grew up from, that grew up religious, that um, the Omer growing up was was mourning, right? Was uh, was was you don't shave, you don't listen to music, you don't you know, all these things of mourning, um, which are which are important and, and and serve. I'll get to to that in a second. But um, but it also kind of drowns out the um, the potential in these days. I think the reason one of the reasons uh, for that is kind of just like a fast day. Many of the holidays, there's a there's a fast day attached to it, um, and the reason is because when you fast, it's it's an it's an, a transformational experience, that it, it grounds sure. you, it, it helps you process certain things, and so I think originally one of the reasons why, the the traditions of mourning have taken such a strong hold is and they're they're meant to, to help you 
jumpstart a very deep and meaningful introspective uh, process. Mm. The problem is that that the the process has gotten lost along the way. <laughs> it's make it's making a comeback through a bunch of people books are focusing on the means instead of instead of the ends. Right. Right. Wow. So thank God to to a lot of books that have that have come out in the past in the past few years, uh, focusing on on the spirit. Um, there's been a resurgence of, of of this work, and really to get back to your question, the point is to land at uh, at Shavuos a better, more true, higher version of yourself. It means a lot of things, right? There's there's it's kind of three orientations um, in our in our discussion right before you had mentioned Benadam uh, Lemakam, Benam Lechaver, Benam Laatzma, which is uh, which is uh, mitzvot or relationships that are one with oneself, with others, and with with uh, God, a higher power. So those are I like to think of those as orientations inwards, outwards, and upwards. Oh, and, that's and, nice. <laughs> thanks. And re- and really, those are all three signs of this cube that they're all they're all part of the same you can't really have a connection to yourself unless you're connected to others and to god you can't have a connection to god unless you're connected to others and yourself you can't connect to others really if i guess it's like a, like a triangle because yeah. like a triangle is strong based on the strength of each of the yeah one. yeah yeah so so and 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 uh and and, and so so the point of sphere the omer uh, it's, it's all a preparation to get us to Harsinai. On Harsinai, the hope is, and this is this is really um, what the book is is it's a step by step guide to to arriving there, at being ready to receive a new revelation of who you are. Um, we yeah. talk about a revelation, a new revelation of Torah. What does it mean, Torah? It's a new it's a new uh, purpose. It's a new direction. It's a new understanding of of why I'm here, what I'm supposed to be doing. Who I am, all those things, and so, so at the end, uh, we're hopefully going to be uh, a better, higher, truer version of ourselves. Right. The Omer is so it's amazing how layered it is. We have, you know, the agricultural aspect, and we have the counting, but then and it's supposed to be joyous, and then these twenty-four thousand Talmudim of Rabbi Akiva died in a plague, and then mourning aspects are put on top of it. So it's like, what do I feel? What do I do? And then now in more modern times, uh, there's uh, holidays that some people call religious and other people call secular. The holidays of, uh, you know, the nation of Israel, Yom Atzmut, and a more solemn day, Yom Azikron. In your book, you provide options for people that want to um, do, you know, Omer practices, uh, introspection. For those that Believe, so to speak, in a Yomatz moon, those that don't. Do you feel that, and this is this is a big question, do you feel that that Yomatz moon itself is something grounded in the, the spiritual fabric of the world, the way other holidays are? Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're uncomfortable, we'll just cut it out. No problem. We'll cut it out of the video. Don't worry. Um, I think, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's personally on par with with um, and we can feel it in the air that it's very similar to Purim or or Hanukkah, right? That the, right. these holidays that the sages, the Chazal, have, have enacted because of these these era shifting monumental 
uh, occurrences that, that really have caused shifts in, in the Jewish psyche, at least for sure, and maybe the whole world. Um, and Yom Atzimut is definitely one of those. It's definitely one of those. Wow. It's um, especially for us living here in the uh, land of Israel. Um, it's and I think it's a it's a real deep recognition of of Hashem's hand in that. Uh, if you're religious, if not, then you know there's different ways of taking it. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's it's uh, the Vilna Gaon uh, writes. I wish I had the source with me. I don't, I don't remember the exact, but I think it's it's. He says that there's two dates of Sefirta Omer that that the Satan has no control over. The Sitra Achra has no control over the other side. And I think if I'm remembering, it's it's day twenty and day forty two, which happened to to correlate with uh, Yom Atzmaut and Yom Yushalayim. So and that was a couple hundred years ago. So so there's definitely something something going on here. Something afoot. Something afoot. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. That's my interesting. Um, but you still in the book you want to give people who 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 don't ascribe to that the option of, you know, continuing continuing their sphere on peace without without being bothered by that. Is, that. is that right? Right, right. It's also it's also you know it's a big question. It's a question that's that's emerging recently that um, Yom Atzmaut and Yom Yerushalayim. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, they're they're usually not on the Hebrew dates that it happened right on the correct Hebrew dates because of, of worry of uh, desecration of Shabbat right uh, in in recent years I actually think it might be more beneficial to have it on if if it's on Shabbat to have it on Shabbat to really celebrate and, and tap into the vibrations what about what about the desecration of Shabbat yeah it's a big question it's a big question um it's a big question. But, do you have a, do you but, have a big answer? Uh, the big answer is that those people are going to be desecrating it anyways. <laughs> you wow. know, they're uh, they're going to go to the restaurant. They're they're actually going to probably do less desecration of Shabbat maybe because okay they're driving to to, to their to the family's barbecue. house, right? Okay, they're lighting the barbecue, um, you know. But uh, but maybe they're 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 definitely not working, right? Which on uh, maybe on a Saturday, regular Saturday, people will be working. Um, so they, they might actually be, be desecrating the Shabbat less, um, but for sure they would be desecrating in other, in other ways regardless. I want to give myself and uh, our viewers a taste of your book and what they can expect in there. So I'm going to ask you about a holiday that we have coming up, which is like the Omer. The uh, Sphira counting, it ends up coming to be Hod Shebehod, which is like Hod squared, which is pretty cool. So maybe, do you think... Uh, you know, how, how does Hod Shebehod tie into Lag the Omer? Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> we, we might have to charge for this one, right? <laughs> um, okay, Hod Shebehod. Well, Hod, there's obviously there's many, many layers of, of all this growth. There, Netzach and Hod is this pair that um, one of the layers involved in them is that they're the sources of prophecy. The reason is that they're connected in the human body, they're connected to the legs, and on the, the divine body, so to speak, they're connected to the, to the legs of God, which means that these are the, the lower sphero that, that are more, man, there's a place of, of inter, interaction with, with the physical world. It's like a, like a bridge between the spiritual and the yeah. physical. Yeah, and, and it's more manifest. 
Netzach is the source of, and they're and, and so therefore they're connected to prophecy. Okay. These are the sources of prophecy. So Netzach is connected to the to the auditory uh, components of prophecy, right? The the, the, the auditory messages. Kod is connected to the visual uh, components of prophecy. Oh. So that that also connects to other as facets of Hod, which um, which is seeing, reflection, uh, Hodaya, acknowledgement, gratitude. These are all words that that um, that point at, at reflecting, at uh, at seeing another, at being interacting with another. Right. So, so um, so that's kind of Hod. Hod Shabahod, um, is. I, the way I frame it in the book is is choosing to choosing to become human. Uh, what does that mean? Choosing to become human. Right, but how does the seeing how does the seeing aspect of prophecy relate to Lug the Omer? Right. So so. Oh, so you're getting there. I'm getting there. Okay. Oh, it's gonna all tie together. <laughs> <laughs> choosing coming. Why do I say that? Because right. the 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 celebration of Lug the Omer. Is really right. So the story is that that uh, that, and it's actually on Daf Lamed Gimel of of Shabbat. Right. When uh, I saw where, that in your book, yeah. <laughs> where uh, where where the Gemara talks about the story of Rabbi Shem Bar Yechai and his son, who go into the cave for twelve years, and uh, and they they don't go with books, right? So what are they doing? They're they're meditating. They're they're discussing. They're discussing. They're um. Meditating on the human experience, maybe the, the divine experience. They come out at the end of twelve years, and they see a farmer working, and and all of a sudden, their eyes, right? It's a hood. Their eyes. They use their eyes, and whatever the Gemara says, whatever their eyes saw, it, it burnt up in flames. Why? Because they had gotten to a, a place that, as when they emerged, they didn't really, they couldn't relate to the world. They saw this farmer working. Like, how could this person be working and not meditating on, on the divine experience and the cosmos and all these things? They weren't. They weren't in touch with the human experience. What do they do? And the, and the reason why they came out is because there was a butkel that came out and said, "The decree for your death has been has been ripped up." Okay, so so they're free to go. But what do they do? They they say, "Oh, we got to go back into the cave." They choose to go back into the cave. Why do they choose to go back into the cave? To learn how to become human again, to to reconnect to the human experience, they had gone to this level and they came out and they realized, oh, this is this is not what it's about. Like Mar actually says that that uh, you come you come out of the cave. A batkol came out, a divine echo came out and uh, and and said, you you you've come out to destroy my world. So uh, so they go back in. And that, and that's the celeb- that's really what we're celebrating on Lag Bomer, not the first twelve years. So do, you, do you think that there are people who uh, today, be put too much into spirituality, and they actually have to co- connect with the world more and do business and 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 talk with people, talk with all kinds of people and things like that. Do you think that's that's important, or are there some people who can who can be in a cave? Um, I, I, do, I this is an ancient question that the Gemara talks about. There's two schools of thought. There's uh, Rabbi Shmuel's school and and uh, Rabbi school. That uh, it's an ancient question of what should, should be working or should we not? So everyone's different. Everyone needs to figure out for themselves, and I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna <laughs> okay, I respect that. Well, <laughs> did you finish say. up what you were saying earlier? You, no, 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 I didn't. So, um, 
So 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 so, and they come out and they and they use their eyes in a different right. way. So hood to hood, and they see this this another farmer, uh, holding these these hadassim, which right, which is the shape of the eyes, which is connected again to 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 sukkus, to sukkot, to the the four species, um, and 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 they say, and they and they have come out with different eyes, eyes that that see beauty, that see re- the reflection of of humanity in the other. That uh, that witness humanity, that that that, that value uh, humanity. I talk a little bit more in the book uh, about what what like what does it mean to be human. Um, right when when Moshe goes up to, to get the Torah, which is what we're go, we're going towards from on uh, Shavuos, um, he argues that the, the angels say, Hashem, you're going to give the, the Torah. To so what he's doing, he goes and, and talks about how. All of our flaws, and that's really what it means to be human. We're, we're flawed. We um, we're not perfect. We're and so the shift happens when we choose to be human, and that's what Lagvamir is really about: choosing to go back to the cave to, to relearn how to appreciate the flaws, how to how to relate to them properly, because that's our power, and that's and that's why we got the Torah, and that's and that's why we're here, and. Um, and only when we're able to, to really, in an honest way, be in relationship with our flaws, with our humanity, with choosing to become human, can we actually become our higher, truer selves. So. Wow. <laughs> Special. What, what, how can... I'll just... I'll, maybe we'll part with this, because I, I don't know if you can talk that. <laughs> that was really special. Um, how can we take the lessons we learn in the Omer and carry them with us for the whole year? Because ideally, I think this is a, ideally a book that I'll revisit throughout the year, not just for forty nine days, no, not just for one sixth of the year. So, right. how can how can we take these lessons and and continue to grow? Um, I'm a little bit hesitant to give to give to give the end of the book away. <laughs> it's really it's a, it's so, a journey. Uh, no, so no, no, but it, but it's it's not really giving it away. Um. The way the way that the book frames uh, the week of Malchut, um, which which is usually translated as king or sovereign, but it's really it's really the kingdom, um, and we're building up towards rediscovering our purpose. But then the week of Malchut, the the, the focus of the week is stepping into the leadership roles that each of us, based on our past, based on the root source of our soul, based on, on uh, the experiences that we've had in life, our challenges, all these things, uh, we, have, we have a specific area of, of leadership, of wisdom, of knowledge, of something to give to the world, of leadership. And so the whole last week is, is stepping into discovering and stepping into that, that place of leadership and then, and then that's just the beginning of, of okay. Then we go out into the world and, and do it, which which is really. And then, you, then you arrive at uh, 